Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. No one man should have all that power. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that song. Literally, that is the only song that I like from Kanye West. It's not bad. Do it now. Ah. Get to the chopper and run. Get to the chopper. Oh, God, I can't. That freaking show ruined that phrase for me. You can't make it on this show. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Wait, are they doing. Is he saying that on Celebrity That's Apprentice? His- that's his catchphrase. Oh, oh God. <laughs> you terminated. Or, you know, that really awesome scene from Total Recall where he's like. <laughs> and his eyes are popping out. <laughs> the guy who plays Boom and he's in Ninja Steel and he's in a bunch of other stuff. Yep, seasons, yep, right? Same, yeah. same idea. They like working with people. They know. It is really good to see Kelson come back, though. I want them to get the Phineas makeup and bring Phineas into this. <laughs> Just have an entire bottleneck episode of just Kelson Henderson characters. It could be <laughs> hilarious. And then your clip show could be clips from other seasons. Yeah, it's like, yeah. next thing you know, he sit, you know, he winds up getting captured again. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, hello, what are you in for? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was a really good impression. Of it really Phineas. was. <laughs> and now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, 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 it's the Ranger Command Power Hour. It's morphin' time. Today on the Power Hour, Extra Episode 24, Ranger Roundtable, Ninja Steel and Power Rangers Movie Trailer. Record on January 24th, 2017. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This extra episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. All right, guys, we have assembled the roundtable, probably our biggest roundtable yet, and yeah, I'm just going to go down the list and introduce everyone. Coming back to the show, we've got Chris from Toku Nation and Talkin' Toku. <laughs> I'm first. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, nerd. <laughs> we have Mir from The Power Scoop. Hey, guys. We have Lee, also known as DJ Monkey Ranger. Hello, Tokusatsu fandom! We have Brian Shuken Shinobi from the RRR podcast. Hello! We've got Steven from Hyperdrive Pictures. What's up, everybody? Glad to be here. And finally, but not lastly, or not leastly, (laughs) (laughs) not a (laughs) we've got Matt, also known as Dukemon on Rangerboard. Hey, everybody. How's it going? All right. This whole episode is going to deal with the Ninja Steel premiere and the Power Rangers movie trailer. But let's just get the one other big news item out of the way. We have a bunch of Uchi Sentai Q-Ranger details. So, Matt, since this is your forte, give us the scoop. Uh, I'm out. One quick thing. It's Uchi Sentai. Uchi Sentai is something I think uh, RJ would really love. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Yikes. 
I was like, Uchi Sentai, what? Wait, what? Apparently I have RJ on the brain. We have new Uchi Sentai Q-Ranger details. And Matt, since you're our resident Sentai rumor guy, why don't you give us the scoop on what's been going on on that end? Sure. So the big thing we were waiting for for Q-Ranger was the identity of the voice actors for the remaining four Rangers. Five of the Rangers are played by human actors. Four are going to be played by voice actors. And Toei kind of hid everything very well because they're all pretty big voice actors in their own right. Okami Blue is going to be played by Kazuya Nakai, who's Zoro from One Piece and a whole lot of other stuff. Oishi Black is going to be played by Akio Otsuka. He's Lieutenant Garuru from Sergeant Frog. He's Bato from Ghost in the Shell. Oh, wow. Yeah, a whole bunch of other stuff. Hem and Gold is going to be played by Yuki Ono. For Toku, he's Ultraman Belial, but he's also the re- most recent voice for Jonosuke in Diamond is Unbreakable and a few other things. And then the big, big one is uh, Washi Pink, and she'll be played by Ichimichi Mao, who goes by just Mao now, and she is Luka from Gokaiger. Woo! That's who I'm most excited for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be yeah. good. And then we got a new character announced. With some rumors to go with him, and that's Sholompo. He's their commander. He's like a really strong fighter, but he's also kind of this goofy old man character. He's got like a lot of mystery with his background. His family is apparently not on the up and up, so there's some interesting stuff with him. He's going to be played by Hiroshi Kamiya, who plays like every cool character I've ever created. He's Koji from Digimon Frontier. He's Law from One Piece. He's Levi from Attack on Titan. Oh, whoa. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, the, I mean, there's the voice acting core is stacked, I think, for, for Q-Ranger. And then to add on to that, they announced the singers for the opening and ending. The opening for Q-Ranger, it's called Lucky Star. I believe it's the first time a Sentai opening has completely not had the name of the team in it. I could be wrong, but it's ju- because it's just called Lucky Star. It's not Lucky Star Q-Ranger. It's just that. Hmm. Um, that's going to be performed by Tomohiro Hatano. He's a relative newbie. I think he did some work on the Japanese dub of Pitch Perfect. Okay. Um, so he's a little bit of an actor, too. And in the ending, to add more Gokaiger into our lives, Kyutama Dancing is going to be performed by Siyoshi Matsubara, and he sang the opening to Gokaiger. Yes. <laughs> um, and then one more thing. So with Sholom, we had a rumor that I found back in December, and I looked at it, and it was ridiculous, so I didn't post it anywhere. And then we got a picture of Sholompo, and the rumor was the commander of the Q-Ranger is going to transform into Ryu Purple, which means Dragon Purple, and he's going to have his own mecha and his own robot combined with four of their mecha. And at the time, I thought people are just kind of throwing stuff out there, but then a purple dragon. (laughs) (laughs) And he's their commander. So I have to assume that it's at least partially true. And if you look at the picture of him or any picture of him, he's got like this pimp cane that he's carrying around, and it looks like a a changer attached to a cane. Um, So we'll see, I guess. So a pimp named Barney the Dinosaur? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Back when we first got the original toy catalog, I missed a little bit of information. Apparently, any mecha that's going to come out in Q-Ranger that isn't a core, so everybody right now except for Lion, Mm -hmm. can go on any space on the robot. Oh, wow. Which means the main toy, the first robot toy, has 24 modes. Holy cow. And then when you add the other core, you kind of go into a crazy number. So literally any combination you can think of, you could do. Yep, this is good for people who maybe are trying to save a little bit. I mean, there's nine rangers. If you have four favorites besides red, you can go buy those four toys and make a robot. So do you think that sword builder? Do you yeah. think uh, yeah. Purples will be the second uh, yeah. body so the formation? Rumor, the rumor for Purple, name is Ryu Purple. His 
Voyager is Ryu Voyager, and it's going to be a second core, which is nice because then you have red with four vehicles mm-hmm. and purple with four vehicles. And there's your ten. Yeah. There's ten, yeah. Um, and then I believe the name for the, the combination was Ryu Reno. But again, that could be just them making stuff up. But we should have more pictures... Next Thursday should be the release of the second catalog. Nice. <laughs> when do pre-orders start? <laughs> uh, so street date, street date for the toys to pre-order, I believe, is February 3rd, February 2nd. Son of a um, The first wave gets released the 11th in Japan. And the first wave, I think, is just the SH figures and the changer. And then the end of the month is pretty much everything else. Except oh, for, like, two things in March. So all the mecha come out in February. I'm going to be broke. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. This sucks because I've got... There's, like, a Ranger Key set coming out in February. I'm screwed. <laughs> Man, <they know laughs> oh, yeah. So if all the parts other than the core mechs are interchangeable, could you theoretically have a core red and just buy four yellows and have yeah. it be all the arms and legs? Yeah, okay. theoretically you could. I oh, mean, yellow, awesome. yellow is part of the main set. So yellow, green, black, blue are going to come with red. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other four, you could theoretically buy four golds oh. and make a red <laughs> robot if you wanted to do that. And everything is not that expensive. A recommendation that I'm going to probably use myself. Um, there's a couple people that sell the toys. I just found out that Amazon Japan ships internationally. Well, I will tell you my experience with Amazon Japan. The only things that they can sell internationally to the U.S are books and CDs and DVDs. So only media. Maybe you can't go through. No. They they opened it up to toys, but only certain toys. I have yet to ever see any Sentai or Rider toy work. And I got screwed over on the X8 opening CDs. That that's an entirely different story. That's neither here nor there. But it's very hit and miss on whether you can get something off of Amazon Japan. Okay, then I then I retract it. In my experience with Amazon Japan, I was able to order all of the Gaim Blu-rays that came with a toy. There are ways to get around it, but it has to be primarily a, a media it's item. So miss. if it has a toy attached to it as like a pre-order bonus, then yeah, uh, typically okay. that'll go through. Got it, got it, got it. But everything all totaled is not that expensive. I think the extra mechs are going to go for about 20 bucks each, which is usually what the auxiliary mecha go for. Right. I'm going to be broke, but not any more broke than I would be. <laughs> Usually. And also the show comes in three weeks, so. And yeah, there's been some, like, teaser videos with that presser that they did, showing more of them in action, and I really love the mecha shot with the cockpit spinning around. That was was pretty sweet. The last thing I want to talk about with Q-Ranger, I heard talk today on a Japanese message board that down the vine somebody heard that Earth, which has been sort of a staple for Super Sentai, going back to the first, will not show up in Q-Ranger until way late in the game. So how that (laughs) works into the story, I don't know. They have to use regular sets because they don't have that much money, but they can disguise things as not Earth. The characters are mostly humanoid, but they're not humans. So yeah, kind of so how, like, Space did KO-35 a little bit. Is this, like, a space cop-type series, or...? Yeah, it's a space opera, I think. They're not all going to be cops, because I think the four auxiliary are tied to the main bad guys in some way. Like, they're huh. escaping yeah. from the main bad guys. Red, I think, is kind of just, like, your standard Red. He's a good guy. He gets chosen because of his attitude. He's naturally lucky. But Orange is a former bad guy. 
And I think he actually starts out on the bad guy's side with his powers. Huh. Um, because I think if you look at a lot of the promo images, in some, Orange is wearing the team jacket. But in others, he's wearing like this desert shawl thing. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so a couple of them are related to the bad guys in, like, they killed their friends or stuff like that. Black being a robot, his creator got killed by, like, a mystery guy. And the implication is that it might be orange for some reason. It's going to be an interesting show. Ooh, so it's going to be tense. Yeah, it'll have, like, that Sentai fun. You can see it in the in the trailer that, you know, it's going to be standard fare. But I think with the nine characters, they have to let some of them be a little bit more involved than usual. Sure. Typically on Ranger Command, we're strictly Power Rangers, and we don't really talk a lot about Sentai. But with Bandai America's involvement and all that jazz, there's a strong possibility that this is going to be the next Ranger series after Ninja Steel. So yeah, I'm pretty much sort of firm that. Okay. Yeah. It'll be interesting, because if Chiplin does stay on to the show past Ninja Steel, this is his chance to do an actual space opera like he tried to do within yeah. space. I mean, this yeah. show is handing space on a golden platter. Yeah. To a guy who does a really good job telling space stories. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm going to interject really quick, because I, I watched some dialogue between some other people on Twitter. Chip Lynn is no longer writing the stories. Uh-huh. Becca Barnes is now the head writer. Chip Lynn just signs off on him. She confirmed that after the premiere. When you say she's writing the stories, does that mean, are you talking on an episode level or the overarching, here's what's going to happen for the season kinds of stories? Do you know? She's listed as the head writer now. Okay. So and she's in her conversation. Pretty, yeah, in her conversation, yeah. she basically said that she leads the writing group. Chiplin gets final yes or no of everything, but quote-unquote, he's been really easy to work with. So, take so, it as you will. Well, <laughs> he did write the first episode of Ninja Steel. Maybe he just writes the opening and ending. and You can kind of see where that went. Yeah. At least the opening. Maybe not the ending. Well, speaking of Ninja Steel <laughs> episode one, let's just go right into Return of the Prism. That debuted this past uh, Saturday. Redbot and a young teen named Brody escape to Earth from an alien spaceship with a special artifact called the Ninja Nexus Prism. He and two new friends, Preston and Sarah, must unlock its secrets to defend it from the villainous champion, Galvanax. It was a pretty simple plot. We got the 10 years before backstory with his dad. Then we go to Brody on the ship and we get a sense of like this whole Galaxy Warriors competition that's going on. And it's all to get the ninja stars from the Ninja Nexus prism. We see a couple of reuse of some monster suits. One of the villains wins the battle, but he can't pull the ninja star from the prism. And so Galvanax sends him to Earth. And the only reason that they go to Earth is because there's a rumor from Madame Odious that the prism was encased in ninja steel. And they didn't get the ninja steel, so they're going to go back to Earth and try to find the ninja steel so that they can make new power stars. Corvaca, who is one of the contestants, gets sent to Earth to retrieve the prism for Galvanax. But then Brody, Preston, and Sarah, they all meet up. They pull the stars from the prism, become Power Rangers, kick butt. And then the Ninja Nexus prism, which they spent probably an hour dumping rocks onto it, flew away. And there's three Power Stars left. It ends the episode with the To Be Continued. And that's the brief synopsis. So first off, I I wanted to talk about the theme song and the opening. What were your guys' thoughts on the theme song? I'll go with Chris first since he's our resident audience. 
audio file. Don't hate. Don't hate. Regarding the theme song, I'll be honest with you. At first, I kind of liked it, but the more I kept listening to it, the less I started to like it. It just kind of really feels like the Go-Go Power Rangers is forced on there. Where normally Go-Go Power Rangers is the chorus of the theme song. It's not really the chorus this time. It doesn't feel like it. Speaking of as an audiophile, usually with a chorus is when you have a lower tone. You build up to it, and then, boom, there's the chorus. It feels like Go-Go Power Rangers is supposed to be the build-up to something that you never get. And the mm. best example I can give is in the theme song, when you listen to the first time they say, you know, Go-Go Power Rangers, Go-Go Power Rangers, go! And then it just cuts back into the next verse. It doesn't feel right. It feels like it was badly edited together. I'm sure the instrumental probably sounds cool, but I'd say it's probably the weakest of the uh, new Saban era. The instrumental actually does sound cool because you get 30 seconds of it in the credits and it actually sounds really good. But Chris, what were some of the things that you found out just listening to the opening that we got? Because you found kind of a mishmash of different things that they pulled from other seasons. Well, yeah, I saw Mir got the credit of the guy that apparently performs the song. And I I looked him up, and if it's the same guy that I looked up, he's from France, and that doesn't seem right. So I think I'm wrong on that one. No, I think you're right. But the the way it looks like, it kind of feels like that guy is the same guy who sang the main Samurai and Megaforce theme song. You have to listen really closely. But then it sounds like they used uh, the guy that sang the Dino Charge theme song for the Go-Go Power Ranger part. It's just You have to listen to the inflectuation of their voices, especially when they start like hammering out the long pitch like, go! You know, I just sat there, I'm like, wait a second, this feels like they took Go-Go Power Rangers, like maybe a different take. Because you know when they record a theme song, it's not just one take and they're like, yay, done. Right. You know, they record multiple different takes, multiple different types. I mean, just look at uh, Ron Wasserman with Mystic Force. How many takes did he do? And he wasn't even selected. So it just kind of feels like they took pieces and clumped them together to get a cool theme song. And I don't know if heavy metal, because that's pretty much what it is, right? It's pretty much like metal with a little bit of uh, the Japanese some, some twang. Yeah. And... yeah, like a little flute or something like that. I don't know if that's really going to fit the season very well, personally. Is it just me or is some of the lyrics like really hard to understand? <laughs> no, it's not just you. Okay. It's because he's French. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Kidding. Joking. Mir, any thoughts on the theme song and what you were able to find out through the Power Scoop? Well, the theme was performed by Pierre Desmond. I think that's how you pronounce it. I used to take French, but I haven't done it in a while, so that's probably not how you pronounce his name. But I agree with Chris on how the song... With the Goku Power Rangers part, it doesn't feel like it goes anywhere. Like, with Mm -hmm. the pitch shift on it, it doesn't resolve to anything, which drives me insane every time I hear it. I like it for the fact that it's an upbeat song, but I don't think it really fits as well as the Samurai or Megaforce theme songs do, or even the Dino Charge one. Like, I felt that got you more pumped for the season, but this one is kind of just attached to the show, Mm -hmm. as bad as that sounds. But, I mean, I think it's okay, but I don't think it's... One of the greatest theme songs you've had. One of the things I like is that they actually try to expand upon actual lyrics and not just hammer go-go Power Rangers the whole song. So I I appreciated that. Brian, what about you? I absolutely adore it if you remove the go-go Power Rangers parts. (laughs) Like If that was just like plucked from the song... I think would be absolutely fantastic. Because like you said, I like that they're building on something that's not the standardized Go-Go Power Rangers little melody. 
that they keep cramming into everything. I like that. But. We still get the together part from Samurai, you know, Rangers Forever or whatever, but they kind of do it in a different way and just have Ninja Steel together, which it fit with the lyrics. Right. Steven, what about you? going to echo a lot of what's been said already. The Go-Go Power Rangers part feels forced, kind of like they cut to a different song or something. And if you want to cram that into the new movie, by all means, but... It felt odd in this fourth Neo Saban season. And I did like the intro. So before they got to the actual Go Go Power Rangers bit, it was a really fun, interesting song. And I could see myself listening to that every Saturday. But yeah, once it cuts to that, it felt a little off. Yeah. Lee? Well, it's definitely not uh, Dino Charge, I could tell you that. But um, <laughs> there's really nothing that tells you that it's about ninjas except for like the first three seconds of the song and the 50 million times they say ninja steel but between then it's just like what is this going on to the whole ninja thing i think brody said ninja way too much (laughs) (laughs) in this episode i'm a ninja i'm trained to be a ninja ninja dad was a ninja okay ninja is gonna be the new new zealand thing oh i hope not rap (laughs) go ninja go ninja go (laughs) That should have been the theme song. (laughs) I might have actually enjoyed it a lot more if that were the case. Oh, man. That would have been amazing. TMNT crossover, guys. (laughs) And you know what? We've done it once. We've got to bring it back. Vanilla Ice would have loved the callback. (laughs) Matt, any more thoughts on the theme song? I I completely agree with everything. It's definitely not my favorite theme song we've had. It's not bad. I feel like it's going to be really good in that instrumental when the robots are fighting because it's very in your face but in the opening with the credits it's very off-putting for some reason not that it doesn't go with the theme but it also doesn't really go with the credits because a bridge doesn't work as a chorus yes exactly that's probably what it is yeah it feels like it's three different verses with no bridge and no real melody to it i guess Mm -hmm. is the problem so it doesn't tie it all together. That's yeah, pretty much exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And Zach, anything else to add? I swear I've heard my opinion already uh, four different times. <laughs> but yeah, the Go-Go Power Rangers part is forced. It doesn't need to be in there. Like the expanded lyrics. When I first heard it, I knew I didn't like it for some reason. And I couldn't figure out why. But then as I heard it again, I realized, oh, it's the Go-Go Power Rangers part that's totally forced and it brings the song down. Well, moving past the theme song and into the episode itself, there are a lot of similarities to Dino Charge's first episode. You have a couple rangers meeting up in the forest and discovering this MacGuffin thing. And they become Power Rangers and fight some random monster. It just feels like the same thing, especially with Brody having a dad that's been missing. And what I want to know is, where are these Rangers' moms? Do they not have moms? <laughs> they just they oh, just Cosmos from their dads. Yep. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> where are the Rangers' moms? No, I'm serious. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that just occurred to me now that I think about it. You're like, he's right. Eric's right. <laughs> the, yeah, the only mom we saw last was Riley's mom in Dino Charge. Well, yeah, but I'm like specifically Red Rangers. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> they are nowhere to be found. Like, if you look at, at Jaden, Troy, Troy didn't even have parents. I don't think he's... <laughs> Not that we saw. <laughs> And then Tyler, no mention of his mom. Nowhere. Nothing. In the whole show. And then 
Now we've got, I guess, single ninja dad with his two sons. <laughs> it felt just like a retread of the first episode of Dino Charge. Like, we're following the same beat. Then next week we get Haley and Calvin? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's basically following the same plot line. Another similarity to add to that, the shed or the workshop at the very beginning that the ninja dad uses is the same location that they used for Riley's when he's you know practicing swords in his intro scene in Dino Charge. He just tweeted that earlier today. Yeah. So yeah. they reused that same location, which I thought was kind of interesting. I can I don't one think up it's you. Interesting. I think it's lazy. Definitely lazy. <laughs> all right, one up me. I can, I can one up all of you with this. Are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. Y'all remember the the premiere of Dino Charge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Literally, I need to go back and rewatch both at the same time, but I almost think literally you follow the exact same locations in the premiere for both shows because Dino Charge started in space, in the past, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so our, my bad. You know, Ninja Steel starts the flashback. Well, Dino Charge start started with a flashback because yeah. a keeper. Touche. But. What happens when the show starts is eventually after you introduce the bad guys, right? Because you have to introduce the bad guys first. You go to the location where the Power Rangers are going to be hanging out for the entire series. This place, school. Last time it was the Dino Bite Cafe in the museum. Then mm-hmm. you also got, you know, what Stephen was saying with the, uh, the little shed, the ranch. But you literally have the Rangers go to the exact same forest to the exact same yeah. location <laughs> where Shelby and Tyler met, have the exact same sequence where they auto-morph after trying to figure out how to work their weapons. You know, with the whole, just do what I do. Yeah. That kind oh, of yeah. crap. <laughs> and then on top of that, at the very end of the episode, the plot device runs away. <laughs> just like the T-Rex ran away in Dino Charge. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You, and, uh, and I don't, I don't think it was a mistake. I think Nickelodeon, when they played the You're Watching Power Rangers Dino Charge, I think they were trolling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. We were oh, watching man. Dino Charge, guys. It just had a so, ninja skin on it. So that's the only thing I could think of afterwards was I just watched <laughs> Dino Charge premiere all over again, literally act for act for act. Dino and Charge almost, was the ninja mod. I mean, seriously, yep. I mean, I think the part yeah. that finally got me was when they're like, oh, man, how does this work? Just do what I do, guys. I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> it's like, just you just spin it like this. It's that scene all over again. The only thing that was missing was a shovel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you had a mop. You had a mop. Spit a mop. Mops are the new shovel. No, his mop was missing, remember? You <laughs> oh, need to find the mop. <laughs> the sentient <laughs> mop. Next episode, we need to come up with a hashtag. We have three days to come up with a hashtag about a mop. <laughs> hashtag power I'm mop. mop. I'm the mop. I'm the mop. 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 Or just Mick Mop. Mick Mop. Mick Mop. Hashtag Mick Mop. For some reason, that sounds like a racial slur or something to me. I don't know. Oh no! I don't know. It, it sounds like something you find at McDonald's. A Mick Mop. Yeah. A Mick Mop. Yeah. Mm, the Mick Mop. Uh, I'd like okay. to order a Mick. I will tweet out later. Mick Mop. Please do it. Do it. I'll retweet. <laughs> Later, I'll just do it right now. Oh, no, wait. Let, then let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uh... McMop. <laughs> there you go. McMop. <laughs> yes. All right. And retweeted. So a ton of similarities to Dino Charge's opening episode. It's almost like Chiplin is plagiarizing himself. Mm-hmm. In a weird way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was interested in the new characters that were happening, but at the same time, it was also old. 
And I think that really takes away from the season to start with. It's not a good indicator for me. And speaking of things getting reused, like plot devices, there was also a ton of monster suit reuse. In the Galaxy Warriors crowd, I spotted instantly Camdor from Operation Overdrive. What? But Necroli was was in the front row. And and Necroli, yeah. Which we also saw in Dino Charge. Dino Charge. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the two fighting villains, this Lava Gore, which was just Vengex's first body, and then Korvaka, which was Mig the Fear Cat. I'm cool with using low-level monster of the day and bring those suits back, especially if they're more generic. Or heck, populate the crowd with some Vivix or some of the foot soldiers or something. But when you bring back two major villains to fight off of each other, I know this is an anniversary season coming up, but it's a little bit ridiculous. Reusing the suits is a cost-effective way of, oh, we need something here. Put this here. We have this necrolyzed suit still. You think Chip Lynn would have been like, maybe I shouldn't use that one. Yeah. It's not like I was on that show for the final 15 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) I think it depends on how they really cares. (laughs) I guess Mig Mig bothered me a little bit. Mig bothered me a lot. I mean, he was a freaking fear cat. They said, well, no body didn't bother me as much because we're in, I guess, some sort of third alternate dimension. Yeah. You know what? I wish the creators would just say at the beginning of a season, look, guys. This isn't going to be in continuity. Or maybe we should just all assume from now on, any season is just its own thing like Sentai. And if a crossover happens, it happens. I mean, that's what they do in Japan. Until this season when they decide to bring back three past Rangers or something stupid like that, and they still can't tie it to continuity. Right, right, right. I mean, because Japan isn't really worried about any continuity is the thing. I wasn't so bothered by it. I was bothered more that Orvengix's body went down (laughs) in two seconds. And I also found it weird that they could have, even though it was weird seeing it, they did it in space with Dark Spectre Mm -hmm. being... True. You know, Allegor reused. But they yeah. made the joke. Right. Which sort of makes it okay. Like, if they had referenced the fact that these two were previous villains, but not those previous villains, I think it would have come off a bit more. Yeah, okay. like the implication. Wow, you, was you, that, you guys uh, look really familiar or something. Right. Yeah. Well, well they have since one of them was Overdrive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they what pretty much said, well, no one remembers Operation good, Overdrive. Good, so. But it would have made it a little bit more palatable, I guess. Yeah. Well, they have a lot of episodes to do that. And I have a feeling we're going to see that arena a lot. And if they do embrace the whole anniversary thing and, you know, kind of pull an SPD where they reference other planets and things we know of. But my gut tells me they're not going to do that. If they well, did, it would be like the whole Malagor Dark Spectre thing. But again... Well, here's the thing. Corvaca was from the Ninja Galaxy. Like, ugh. Just like uh, Heckle was from the Kuruja Galaxy. I mean, come on. <laughs> this will make the Sentai fans happy. Or piss them off even more. It makes, me, it makes me visually upset. It's frustrating. And I'm actually surprised that the MIG suit is even still existing. Because that was like yeah. 10 years ago. It looked really good. Yeah. yeah. So maybe the whole thing with, like, suits decaying is not really an issue. Well, well after mind, a certain like, point, it wasn't made out of foam anymore. Like, Toei's that mix like, suit, yeah. Toei's, like, notorious for, like, use and toss. Mm-hmm. 
So I would like to believe that Saban brands, they think a little more on the future implications of usage. So they kind of keep them either in some sort of order, like they... Instead of packing away in a box in a warehouse, they just kind of hang them up somewhere carefully. We kind of saw that with, like, uh, Super Mega Force. I mean, they had rows of suits and helmets and all that stuff. They had, so, yeah. They had Finister's mask, which we all got excited about, like, oh my gosh, and then they didn't use it. Yeah, yeah, Finster's yeah. mask. So, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter, at least that, that I've seen, a lot of back and forth. Are these... Easter eggs, or are these just lazy or cost-effective moves, and you can't really consider them an Easter egg, because an Easter egg is a little bit more thought out. Option two. Okay. (laughs) I think it would be fun if they set the precedence now, every monster fight that we get is actually two more cameos. And I know they're going to rename them, because they did here, but... Maybe that's the joke. Maybe every monster that gets blown up or they both get blown up. I mean, aside from the, obviously, because they're going to have to use the Ninja monsters. So maybe whoever wins against a former Power Rangers villain, that's the monster that they send down. If it's a recurring joke... Or if they do make a joke, I'll be fine with it. But if it's just to reuse some monster things in the closet, then yeah, it's definitely cost-effective. Or lazy, however you want to say it. Devil's advocate, I guess the kids watching this season probably weren't around when Operation Overdrive happened and maybe don't even remember RPM with Vengex, so... I can see how, yeah, that's a cost-effective good idea, but for the older fans, yeah, I would love if they can just fit in some way of winking at us and saying, Mm -hmm. all right, we know this is a thing, you know this is a thing, let's have fun with it, and do something intentional with it. Because I love seeing those little details in movies and TV shows, who doesn't? So they'd be shooting themselves in the foot not to really use the fact that they have all these old suits and stuff. If they made an attempt to actually wink and nod towards the older fans, then I think we can give them a pass. But I don't know if the writers are thinking about that. I can understand. Say like like Hasbro, they're like notorious for recolors and retools. You look at these monsters, like the Fear Cat suit, it was very minimally repainted. Mm-hmm. To the point where you're just like, really, come on, guys. So it would be understandable if they say, like, added a few tchotchkes to it or did a little more in-depth repainting. Then it would be kind of understandable. But here they just, like, slapped some silver onto that green chest jewel and they said, done. I wouldn't mind if, you know, they didn't just take one whole monster suit. And if they just did, like, a kit bashing, like, you take the head from this monster and the body from this monster Mm -hmm. and the arms from this one. At least make an attempt to differentiate it. And then the Eagle Eye fans can say, oh, he's using the arms from this monster in RPM and feet from Samurai or something. Give the hardcore fans something to look over and and find. That's an Easter egg. I think you're all being really optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. It's really cute. And that stops now. (laughs) <laughs> it's really cute and I, I i you know i'm smiling at you guys but i was going to use the evidence we had from dino charge who remembers seeing necroli in a prison cell in dino charge i do we all do oh now mm. she got out now she's in a galaxy quest type thing watching the fight you know it's it's one of those things where for the premiere they knew they weren't going to show any megazord or footage or anything like that so the first three four episodes are going to be like heavy exposition Heavy, like, here's this, here's this, here's this. This is how they get this. This is how they do this. And then immediately start the copy-paste with Sentai Monster footage. 
show until you get yourself to a finale. And the reason I say that, I mean, again, I mean, just kind of look at Dino Charge, for example. Yeah, in, in this show, they they're going to do this arena and stuff. And I'm pretty sure when they shot the arena footage, I'm pretty sure they shot it all in one day. Didn't think about it in the future. You know, any kind mm-hmm. of crowd shot they have to do, you know, in episode 16, mm-hmm. they shot on the first day of filming where they shot the premiere. So I don't think we're going to get anything like that. I think this was just an easy thing. I'm sure it was one of those, hey, go in the basement, pull out two suits that are still in good condition. Name them whatever you want to name them, and that's what the Rangers are going to fight. In my mind, you know, the Vengex suit, it was kind of new because it didn't have that freaking filter on it from RPM, so I could actually see it this time. <laughs> uh, you know, not the end of the world filter or what have you. It had a different filter. It had other planet filter on it. <laughs> Touche. I just, I don't have any faith in the in the production team or the writing team to be like, oh yeah, right. wink, wink, because... We didn't get that last year or the year before that. And even with the previous writing crew, we didn't really get that. Even with Super Mega Force, we didn't get Wink Wink. If you're a, an older Power Ranger fan, yeah. I think you need to put your hopes on the movie and ride with that. Because I don't think this season of Ninja Steel is going to do it for you. Well, I mean, yeah. that's where Headcanon uh, comes in. You know, you think, well, Necrolize, she's got a gambling addiction. So she goes and watches <laughs> these fights and bets on the loser thinking, oh, this is going to be my big break. Except she was destroyed in Mystic Force. <laughs> no, she wasn't. She was made human. Oh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. She yeah. got Z-waved, remember? <laughs> to add to your point, Chris, just like the first episode of Dino Charge, there was zero footage from Sentai. So Below the budget. Yeah. I thought the Galaxy Warrior ship looked kind of cool. And yeah, we, I really like that design. And we got the uh, concept artist uh, tweeted out. Or, um, or didn't you find that, Mirror? No, I had someone who had told me about it, and I just tweeted it from them. Oh, okay. I'm a sucker for concept art, so I thought that was cool. I thought it was hilarious seeing, like, these little ships that basically look like limos. I just imagine these monsters riding around in, like, space limos (laughs) going to this event. But we're seeing the same patterns over and over now. For me, yeah, it is a little bit harder to be hopeful and have some optimism about it. Of course, I want the show to be original and unique, especially with the 25th anniversary season coming up. I want them to do something really special. They blew away that opportunity with the whole Dino season crossover thing. Such Uh, a missed opportunity. It it was. It really was. And I'm just afraid that they're going to treat the 25th season like any other and i don't want that to happen i want the 25th season to be i'm not saying bring back every ranger in history like super mega force did but at least give us something from i don't know maybe some of the other ninja seasons lightspeed rescue <laughs> yeah. oh that'd be yeah, so I want, great bring I back want, chad i want carter showing up <laughs> like guys is there a fire <laughs> No, get out of here. <laughs> no, I can help. I'm a ranger. No, no out of nowhere, just Xander comes in. He's like, oh, I'm Xander. Let's <laughs> talk this out. It's time for playing Xander. Also, just to mention this little tidbit, this episode does highlight all of the items and creatures that will eventually be used as the ranger zords, which are dragon, truck, dog, train, and ninja. Preston turns into a dragon during his magic show. Kelvin is working on a truck. It's not a dump truck like the zord's going to be, but it's a yellow truck. Uh, it's hey- a nitro zord. <laughs> is <laughs> yes, that what it's it called? Nitro is totally a dump truck. <laughs> nitro is whatever you want it to be. <laughs> uh, Haley's dog is, is seen in the back of the truck and in the opening, which... I think it's kind of cool. T- why, do you, why do you take your dog to school? <laughs> Maybe take it's... your dog to school day. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 
But no, I thought it was kind of cool that they have this dog because it also shows up in the opening during her name. And I think it's cool that we're getting, you know, some animal trainer type of stuff working on the show. And I think there might be some cool stuff with the dog. I hope its Uh, name is Jacob. (laughs) Sarah's hoverboard. uh, She described it as being as strong as a train. And then you've got AP basically making this fanfic about... Yep. Taking the train to the school. Oh, good. Good Lord. But yeah, she has it as a hoverboard. And then obviously Redbot is going to be the Red Zord. I like that they're at least explaining the crazy randomness that was the Ninja Zords. At least they put a little bit of thought into it. Yeah. So there's that for sure. When Ninja, the Zords kind of just showed up and we were told to assume that the grandfather built the Zords for them because this is what they liked, even though it didn't really quite fit. Yeah. Because why does White have a dog? We don't know. So this gives like a little bit of a character trait in their Zords, which is nice. Also, I will not say anything bad ever on the show again if when they transform into the Zords, the dog rides on the hoverboard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. If you have seen the ninja... <laughs> White Zord <laughs> pops out of the back of the train. So, like, what, during the transformation sequence, uh, Haley's dog just jumps on Sarah's hoverboard and then it I think that would be the best thing I've ever seen on television. <laughs> <laughs> that dog is we'll, pretty cute, though. Does anybody think we'll get a Back to the Future scene in this movie? Like, there's a, or in this show, there's a hoverboard. There's got to be, like, one scene with a bully. That one scene where it doesn't work on water. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being the ultimate pessimist and going to say it's just like Emma's bike from Super Megaforce. Oh, she's a big, big BMXer. Her extreme BMX skills that were never used for like one episode. (laughs) BMX photography. That's right. That's a thing. (laughs) Sure. Overall thoughts on the first episode anything that we didn't cover anything that you might like to get off your chest what the hell is up with Redbot's head if you look at the whole suit they removed all of the like ninja logos and stuff so i think when the prism or whatever when they use their zords it's going to transform him into that stylized thing because he even had oh, gracious i hope so so i think that's the only change that they did was that when he goes into megazord mode you know what this reminds me of ninja storm because their zords came out of random objects too planes yeah. and roller coasters yeah exactly a yacht so <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. Or are there people fancy. on that yacht or that plane are they or? dead not of course but I think that's kind of a throwback. I mean, if it depends on when we see the first episode with the Zords, how the visual effects handles it. But I think that would be a neat throwback to Ninja Storm. Is Brody's dad Ninja Academy Ranger? Man, that, that whole episode, I was thinking, man, the Ninja Storm premiere, we get like we're in this really crazy hidden in the middle of the forest. You have to go through like an invisible portal to get to the secret Ninja Academy. And in this premiere, it's just a dad and his two kids and they're back behind the, the barn in the yard. <laughs> and I thought, oh, nin- ninjas. Okay, I foresee a lot of head in this season. My head cannon, a dad thinks he's a ninja. He cosplays as a ninja. <laughs> he was grand, he's a good guy, so the, the power, the ninja prism gave him the Red Ranger powers a little bit. It's like, all right, I'll give you this. 
He's just Real nuts. Ninjas are off over and like all over wherever. He's just in the middle of the woods like some ninja cultist. What, what if he like uh He picked up like one of those American ninja magazines in the 70s and was like, I'm going to yeah. dedicate my life to this. And he drags his kids into it. It's like, hey, son, I need you to go hide like a ninja. You're going to be okay. the best ninja <laughs> so ever. That's what? where Brody's mom is being productive. That's right. And, and everybody's in on the joke except for like the dad and the kid because even he's like, my dad was a ninja master. And the guy's like, yeah, look where that got him. <laughs> <laughs> this episode just got so much better, guys. Sure he was. <laughs> okay, until they explain it otherwise. Well, the only thing that we get of his backstory is that we see the dad's name in the trophy case, Dane Romero. So that's his dad. So apparently, uh, ah. was, did anyone I didn't even think it? about that. <laughs> Yeah, because the dad's name is Dane. I don't know what the trophy was. Was it a ninja trophy? I'm going to have to go back and... <laughs> like, was it a karate oh. trophy? I'll go check it right from now. A cigar you know. It was a badminton trophy? <laughs> was it? Um, no, I don't know. I will say that, weirdly enough, no actor graded on me during this episode. Not really. The dad like did the little, a little bit. Yeah, like, even the little kid actors... They always great on me. The two of them in this episode were not disgustingly terrible. <laughs> like the, uh, the random, you know? inexplicable Kiwi accent. Everybody was at least okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. The only one I had a real problem with acting-wise was the bully, Victor Vincent. Yes. It was like, dude, tone the testosterone down like two notches, <laughs> please. You know who they reminded me of instantly? Do, do you guys remember in Beetleborgs, the two jerk guys? Oh, yes. Did they instantly. hang around the comic shop? Or? Yes, yep. instantly. Okay. Oh, yeah, because one was nerdy and one was more yep. like jockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They needed to give them something scheming or funny to do because you, you got to compare them to Bulk and Skull, and Bulk and Skull always had like a funny plan you wanted to see them fail at. These guys were just annoying. Like yep. the bully was just. Yeah. Like the stereotypical jock. I was like, okay, enough of you. All right, we're done. All right. I like that Sarah called him out on his bull. Yeah. Hey, you're a moron. <laughs> like basically, yeah. I, I can now confirm it was a karate trophy. <laughs> <laughs> he took his lust for ninjas that extreme. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Ninja Seal? Because I want to get to the big thing that we need to talk about. Real quick thought. I loved watching Peter. He was great in this. I had a fun time watching Yoshi with all of his kind of background acting whenever he wasn't the main focus of the shot in Dino Charge. And Peter was doing a lot of the same stuff this time around. He's looking at the other Rangers towards the end trying to be like, all right, how do I do a fighting stance? Do I hold my hands like this? Nope, that's wrong. I thought that was a cool <laughs> little touch. I really enjoyed that. Good job, Peter. Peter does sound a lot like Yoshi, though. And, and my yeah, wife he, he oh, does. Yeah. Uh, does. My wife instantly, she's like, he sounds a lot like Yoshi in Power Rangers. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you get rid of the caveman speak, yeah, he sounds a lot like Yoshi. All right. Well, that's enough of Ninja Steel. <laughs> We're going to continue to review the episodes as they come out. But the biggest thing that took the fandom by storm, holy crap, the official Power Rangers movie trailer, Oh My God. Yes. <laughs> I think this was what everyone and their mother was waiting for. Um, and I've watched it at least 30 times. It's really good. I really I don't like want it. to say how many times I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little ashamed of that number myself. It's been a lot. 
<laughs> it is only uh, two million views behind the teaser trailer. Crazy. In what four days? Because this released yep. on what the twentieth or the nineteenth? Five days. The nineteenth. Yeah, it's on, in five days, it's at twenty million views. The teaser trailer for three months is at twenty-two million. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> well, this one brought the action. That's why. <laughs> it's like freaking amazing. Okay. And you're looking at a uh, hundred and twelve thousand likes versus nine thousand dislikes. It's not hmm. bad. Okay. We're going to break this down. Thoughts on Zordon. Go. So, <laughs> go, Lee, am, Lee, go. Am I the only one who sat there and first saw Zordon? And the first thing that I'm thinking is that I hope at some point in the movie they say, who are you? And he pops up and says, I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't hope that. That doesn't make sense. I know Walter White, all that stuff. I haven't watched Breaking Bad, confession. I haven't. It's just, when you think of him, the first thing you see is his face. And so when he pops out of that wall and you see Brian Cranston, all you can do is get excited. Mm -hmm. I think the reason this trailer took so long is because they wanted to give us the most complete effect shots as possible. They really put their polish on this trailer because I thought all of the shots looked really great. Except mm-hmm. for, and I only noticed this because someone made a gif of it. You know when Billy's kicking in his ranger form? Yes, yes. Yeah. In the background, you see the pink ranger punching? Well, in someone's gif, because it's a loop, her arm just like twitches weirdly, and it separates away from her body in a second. So I'm like, okay, they're uh, still working wait, on the effects a bit. <laughs> like Space Jam? <laughs> yeah. Just like Space Jam. <laughs> It's time to slam and welcome to the jam. (laughs) But no, I love the look of Zordon. It's got that and everyone made memes about it. Like that toy, the pin push toy Mm -hmm. where you put your hand in and it makes whatever. Um, I hate those. It looked a lot like that, but (laughs) I thought the effect was well done. I like how his face kind of scrolls across the whole wall. He also has a, a red glow to him. Which, if you've been reading some of the theories, is is it because he was the previous Red Ranger? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I like to think he was. Yeah. Zordon looked great. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed Brian Cranston and his voice being the hook to the entire trailer. That was awesome. Yeah. I just like the way that he can kind of circle the entire command center. Brian can now actually act and move around with his body, and it'll play into his facial movement. They definitely spent a lot of time with the motion capture, it seems, because I was convinced. I mean, that looked 100% like Brian Cranston. I really liked Alpha 5. We got Bill Hader's voice, and he's super tiny, and it makes him cute. Adorable. Mm-hmm. Perfect I've size. Been on, I've been on the Alpha train since I first saw him. He's with a tiny spoon my little baby. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing what his actual scale is compared to the Rangers, it's nice. It's nice to see him in action and voiced by Bill Hader. I really enjoyed the glimpses that we got of him. Yeah, the trailer really sold me on him, too. Hearing the voice that Bill Hader is going to use, which isn't really too far from his own voice, and and (laughs) seeing the scale, yeah. If he had been, like, the same size as the Rangers, that would have been terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. I would have peed a little. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anything I think bigger than that would be horrifying. But he's small and chubby and he's cute. Finally seeing the suits in action. Holy crap. Oh, boy. They look 
fantastic. It was so pretty. There was a lot of people saying, oh, you know, it's it's all just CGI and Sure, for some of the effects, but I saw on Twitter one of the stunt people that was the Blue Ranger, because Yoshi tweeted out. It was one of his stunt friends. I don't think his suit was CGI. I think Pink Ranger's in the background was, because of that weird arm glitch thing that I saw. But I think at least partially, whether it's really good motion capture, or maybe the suits just look that good but you see they do have physical suits because when they were in the cockpit what are everyone's thoughts on being visorless while driving the zords what do you guys like, think of that i like yes. it i actually yes. don't really like it i'm back oh. and forth on it oh, 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 oh okay i, I want to hear Mary's take on this because she's like the first one i've heard who said they didn't like it oh okay no problem i, I think it's just because i'm so used to seeing on the tv or even in the movies that we've had before that you don't see their faces. I know that they're more than likely doing that to go with the idea of you actually get to know the characters in the suits and everything, but just seeing that it's not the full helmet, you're just seeing part of it around their heads and their faces, I just can't get into that for some reason. I can understand that. It's like when they tried to do in the first movie, they had the helmets, but like the visors and the mouthpieces were removed. That was a direction they were really going to go with until some people saw it and were like, no, put the full thing on. (laughs) I don't know if this is the case, but it could be the case. We've seen a couple of shots with them with the visors down. Mm-hmm. There's right. nothing saying that during the rest of the battle, the visors won't go up. Sure. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know that it's, I don't know if it's a, a thing that has to be down always. I like it just because it makes sense. If you're in a, a ground fight, you have a visor up so yeah. your eyes don't get stabbed out. <laughs> but, in, you know, in like a, a giant vehicle where the controls are not really that easy to see. Sure. It makes sense to kind of be able to move up and down. Also, it reminded me of Ninja Storm, and that's not a bad thing for me. Yeah, Yeah. Ninja Storm made it really cool the way they brought the visors in and out. So that's why I go back and forth. I'm used to, for Mighty Morphin and most other seasons, visors are there, but it's worked before. So that's, I'll, I'll see how they pull it off. It's almost like the movie's way of how the show does when they do the visor zoom in. And we even got that in Ninja Steel and they had that weird like cardboard ninja mouth thing going on. Yeah, but because they had that mouth thing, I didn't think they needed to zoom in to see the mouth. Like it would be copying Dino Charge again, but I think they could have just cut it off at the eyes instead of showing that. Because even Samurai had that in their suits, but you never actually saw it when they morphed or anything. But I didn't see the point of even showing that. Unless just to enforce more ninjas like we get it they're freaking ninjas we are ninjas we promise the suits in action they did the superhero landing but i keep re-watching the part that always gets me in this trailer is billy's kick and kick that he does yeah, like that it's like a triple, trip, kick, triple yeah. or triple yeah. all day. it's so satisfying when the trailer gets to that moment it's like boom there it is and it's so violent and yet bright at the same time yeah which is what Power Rangers should be. I'm surprised the- how much of this trailer is in daylight. Yes. A lot yeah. of people are talking because from a visual effects standpoint, it's much easier to hide flaws when it's raining and nighttime, which was 90% mm-hmm. of Pacific Rim. Yeah. <laughs> So the the fact that, you know, we see these Zords in bright daylight is freaking awesome. And the suits are in daylight, too. And they look good. All the suits look, and the suits and the Zords looked really amazing. Sabretooth Tiger climbing up Goldar was awesome. That might be my favorite part of the trailer, I think. I mean, yeah. Billy's triple kick is cool. 
when Sabretooth Tiger launches onto Golar's face, I was like, yep, okay. There we go. It's be March. <laughs> what I really like, what I leaned towards was with the Pterodactyl Zord, it was controlled and it behaved, at least animation-wise, like an aircraft, which was something that I really liked that. Oh, you mean instead of, like, wings flapping type of thing? Yeah. Well, you've got the mammals all sort of walking and everything, and so that's kind of a given. But when it comes to aerial machine you either do something organic or you ha- or you make it fully mechanic you can't like mix the two or else it's extremely awkward so i'm kind of glad that they went with this so that that way it doesn't break the whole aesthetic right for me i think in, gen- in terms of the whole trailer anything that we've seen in toy form i think the toys just don't do the trailer justice like all the footage uh-huh. of the suits and alpha and everything it just looks so much better that way yeah i, mean, I mentioned this on ranger board and the ranger command thread sometimes i don't know if after a while they just let the toy pictures be found and just so they could be like, okay, see, I told you it doesn't look this bad. Look at all the footage in the trailer. Well, actually, I think Goldar still looks bad, but still. Yeah. Yeah, Goldar is just a big melty poo thing. Even (laughs) though I saw something that was interesting. Mir, on your point, I think once the original picture of the Megazord toy leaked, Lionsgate kind of just said, whatever, Bandai, put out all the images you want. We're working on the trailer. Because they obviously had a very set plan of Zord reveals with, like, CGI shots. Right. And once Toy Week, there was no reason to keep everything the same schedule, so I think they just banked on the trailer. I just didn't know, since it was listings on Target or whatever, everything else was just, like, fair game for them. Yeah, because the original thing was that Lionsgate had to put something out first, and then Bandai could. Right. Right. I think outside of the T-Rex. But I think once everybody saw the Megazord toy, they just said, go ahead, promote the toys all you want, we'll fix things and post kind of thing. Even if the toy (laughs) images didn't leak before, the toys still would have been on shelves before the trailer. They were coming out. I just think that they probably... There's that teaser poster with Sabretooth Tiger. Right. I think that was probably supposed to drop prior to the other four coming out. Sure. But I don't think it was like a major change in their plans. But I think something did shift. I actually enjoy that it shifted because... Now everybody's kind of turning around on the designs because oh, yeah. they've seen how much better. There's a ton of people just on my social circle that once the trailer hit, it was like people that I saw that were like heavy detractors were like, okay, now I'm interested. Now I'm invested in this. Good. It took this big blockbuster CGI trailer. It had everything all of the fans that were complaining about wasn't in the first trailer. This served it up to you on a silver platter. Like, here it is. We even got It's Morphin' Time in the trailer. Yes. Yep. And we talked about that on on our last show. We didn't even know if they were even going to say that. And then it comes out, and holy cow, there it is. And the tone of it, too. Like, it's not just a cheesy, like, oh, it's Morphin' Time, but whatever. It's, like, serious. Jason was not joking around with that Morphin' Time. Yeah. I'm pretty excited, and there was some more stuff with Rita. Her eyes were glowing and some added effects. Rita's kind of terrifying, honestly. She is. She was terrifying before the green glowy eyes, Yeah, but adding green glowy <laughs> evil eyes to her puts her on a whole nother level, I think. Are you guys pumped up? I'm excited. Beyond. So the part that really hooked me was when we get that right stuff shot of all of them walking in a line. Oh, in I knew we would get it because it's a... <laughs> superhero movie like you gotta have the bad walking shot but this was just like (laughs) (laughs) and did you notice that the way the suits are animated the diamonds in that shot they kind of shifted to white a little bit 
Yeah, like oh, that, I didn't know. It's that. such it's such a silly cliche to have that shot, but I love it to death, <laughs> and I will not apologize for it. No. <laughs> the song was a little bit cliche with Kanye West's, you know, power or whatever. Yep. But for this trailer, it did work because there was beats of the lyrics that were timed to some of these shots, and I'm like, yep, whoever edited this did a great job. <laughs> yeah. Just I pump me up. I was in the best of moods like that entire day. Oh. I mean it was a good day anyhow, but like waking up to the trailer and just everything the trailer delivered, I was like just giddy the entire day. I'm, I'm the same way, Brian. Yeah. 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 Woke up, rolled over, saw that on my phone and went, Well, I can't watch on my phone. I have to watch it on my computer full screen. Yep. <laughs> I was dreading that particular day of work, but I woke up at seven AM. I was just checking Facebook and it said one of the people you follow who hasn't posted in a while has made a post, and it happened to be Ludi Lynn, and it's like, blah, 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 trailer dropped. I'm like, what the f- (laughs) (laughs) And and I must have watched that like three times before I had to drop everything and go to work. But all day at work, I was like, Power Rangers movie trailer, Power Rangers movie trailer. Oh my god, Power Rangers movie trailer. Yeah, as I did with the first, the teaser trailer, I watched the trailer a bunch of times. I've watched reactions to the trailer a bunch of times. Yeah, just, I I need them. I need more of this i needed in my life can i just say one thing about goldar sure so out of all the designs he's definitely my least favorite yeah for oh. obvious reasons but i saw something today and i went and, and rewatched the trailer just to check oh i think i know what it, you're talking about yeah it's probably a trick of the light but knowing what is possible with the character there's a shot when he knocks pterodactyl away where the red glow in his face looks like two eyes Oh, and I don't know with because if the way that the movie is playing out, it plays out as it should. You know, he's forming because Rita formed him, and as the battle's escalating, he's getting more solid. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So maybe by the time Megazord shows up, because you can't really see it too well when the Megazord punches him, mm-hmm. maybe he'll have some sort of face going on. Maybe. Oh, well, that, I don't think it's gonna look like tv show goldar but i think he'll have maybe like red eyes and like a black under area as of today as we're recording this it's officially two months until the movie exactly that means they still have two months to really perfect those effects they can do effects up until like a week before the movie because all these movies are released digitally to theaters now so i think what we got was great i hope they keep polishing and perfecting it and we'll see chris i know you're dealing with the baby a lot so i didn't get to hear your thoughts on the movie trailer but overall what did you think it was good bring it on all right cool (laughs) (laughs) all right so we're gonna head to our ranger nation answers question where we asked what are your thoughts on ninja steel's first episode or the movie trailer And we got a ton of responses this week, particularly on Facebook, which kind of blew up. So we're going to power through these. So on Instagram, Olmex said, Brody could be better. Preston and Sarah look like a future couple. The exposition was pretty good. Over on Twitter, we have Juan Carlos Sanchez at Ranger7Orange said, Have not seen the Ninja Steel episode. Movie looks like it may be good. Jay Bose at JBo underscore eight said, My five-year-old son loved Ninja Steel. He's upset there's only one episode so far. <laughs> Long's Toys at CLong83 said, Trailer really got me hyped, and the first episode of Ninja Steel was decent. Just lose the bully with nerd sidekick characters. Yeah, I really hope they don't become a 
like a super big thing. Josh at Josh uh, Fugate 1993 said, I thought it was a fairly well done job at setting up the season. Can't wait for next week's when we get yellow and white. RJ at anime redneck 96 said ninja steel good start to a season can't wait for more trailer i absolutely can't wait for this movie now hassan ahmed at hassan ahmed 120 said ninja steel first episode was decent just afraid it'll go down the same unfocused mess of a path that dino supercharge did loved the movie trailer started tearing up after watching it perfect mix of story character humor and action it's true he did i watched his reaction video uh, <laughs> Chad Hamilton at Chad Ham Chad said, "Cannot wait for the movie and Ninja Steel so far so good at the beginning." Snarky Sean at Snarky Sean said, "The Ninja Steel premiere definitely a fun start. Bit on the goofy side, but great start to a show. As for the movie, I'm even more hyped than before." Eric Sander at Eric underscore Shoeman eighty seven said, "Movie is interesting." Will it challenge Ninja Turtles like they did with TV way back when? I think he's asking like... I know what he's saying. Like the movie pushes the TV show to a better direction. Hopefully. Solomon D and Solomon underscore D said the movie trailer was pure perfection. Ninja Steel's premiere felt so rushed, but Preston and Sarah were the best part. Tommy Brevard Jr. at KidFlashDBN said amazing. At Peter S. Adrian and at... Christiane stole the show and are incredible. Yes, yes, that's very true. Jen Nguyen at Mini Moon 13-2002 said, Both of them were great. The movie made me more excited to watch it, and the show is going to be interesting. At PR Generations said, Ninja Steel was a great start to a good series. The movie trailer was everything a fan wanted to see, in all caps. My wife, Teresa Berry, at that G17, <laughs> said, I'm excited to watch the Power Rangers movie. I like the new episode of Ninja Steel, but I feel like it's going to be similar to Dino Charge. Too early to say, but that's just my opinion. I cannot wait for them to prove me wrong. Smiley face. John at the Ageless John said, Ninja Steel was okay. Hopefully it gets better. The trailer was awesome. I hope the movie is as fun and epic as it is. On Facebook, which doesn't limit you to 140 characters, Robbie Eleanor said, I like Ninja Steel. I enjoyed all the characters and the whole Alien Fighting League thing. I find interesting. Should be a fun ride. As for the trailer, loved it. Give me everything I want from a Power Rangers movie pretty much there. Alpha, Zordon, Rangers, Rita, Putties, Goldar, and Zord battles. Can't wait for the movie personally. I even took the day off work, LOL. <laughs> Jeremy Treacy says, Ultimately, I thought the premiere of Ninja Steel was a bit tiresome. This first episode was not as fresh as I was expecting from a new series coming off the lackluster second half of Dino Charge. My fears are already on alert as I feel like Power Rangers is becoming more formulaic than it normally is. I hope the more episodes that drop, someone rips the templates from Chip's hands and someone infuses some excitement into the show. Woo! Emmanuel Kobion said, I didn't watch Ninja Steel. Sadly, Dino Supercharge still left a bad taste in my mouth. Bronto Burgers must have gone bad. The movie trailer was amazing. I feel like they showed a little too much, but a lot of trailers do that. The Easter egg was cool, and it feels like a fun, dumb, cheesy film. Let's go, go watch it, because it's happening. Charlie Shield says Ninja Steel felt a lot like Dino Charger's first episode, Red Ranger having a missing father, 
meets would-be allies in a forest as they gain powers, etc. Which kind of worries me that they're going to fall into some of the same failings as Dino Supercharge will. But that movie trailer made me cry tears of joy and excitement and other emotions that I never knew existed. Seeing all the things that we saw as toys first in motion really put me in a place of ease. My body could not be more ready for this movie. Who's got a cryogenic chamber to lock me in until March? Anyone? (laughs) Lawson Allen said, loved the movie trailer. So happy of everything we saw. Can't wait to see the movie and the rest of the toy line to come out. As for Ninja Steel, loved it. Great. But I hate that they're still trying to say no one knows who Power Rangers are. Like when the Pink Ranger said Power Rangers, like that's the first time they know the name. I call BS on that. In Super Mega Force, Earth is overrun by Spaceship. Last season, the Dino Rangers asked all of Earth for help. Not, not cute to do that, to act as if no one knows who the Power Rangers are. Not cool. All right, Mike Lundstedt, Ninja Steel has potential. It seems like fun, but the whole dad angle is kind of tiring. I'm not a fan of the theme song, but the fighting arena concept is cool. Should be interesting to see what happens, but I'm not getting my hopes up like the Dino Charge. If I do that, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Fernando Loyola said, I'm skipping this year's TV series. Ninja was horrible, and this year's series is based on this Sentai. There isn't much hope on my end. For the Power Rangers movie, I was worried since no new footage had been released, and then new trailer drop, and I was like, that internet meme, just shut up and take my money. I hope it's a successful movie, but I worry this movie will get the same reaction and treatment as all these other movie remakes, which is indifference from the casual moviegoers. Jeremy Walker says, I think Ninja Steel has a lot of potential. It annoys me we already have errors in continuity and things that are probably not going to pan out properly, but if the quality keeps up, I can live with them. The movie trailer looked incredible, and I think it went a long way in shutting all the doubters up. I will be there front and center on day one to watch the movie. That's a day before you Americans, by the way. The one time being British rules. Tyler Oakley said, I haven't watched Ninja Steel episode one yet, so I can't give a fair opinion. But the trailer just reinforced my opinion that the movie is just chronicle with a meh Megazord and a Goldar that is the Megazord rig, but dripping gold. Also not a big fan of Alpha's voice. Brian Cranston killed it, though. Ken Glenn says, Ninja Steel seems promising, but so did Dino Charge. Reusing villain suits is going to be annoying. It's a fun callback, remaining cautiously optimistic. Movie trailer was amazing, did what it needed to, and made some doubters question their stance. Made my hype levels thoroughly unhealthy, ready for March. And finally, Vince Ariola said, The trailer dropped when I was working, and within seconds, my news feed went nuts. So I took a break and watched, and this trailer changed the mind of so many that were against it. I'm so ready for the movie. I shared with friends and family, and they were just in awe. I'm just happy to see people all over the world hype for this and that fans of all generations get to see this come to life. I might even get some popcorn and a soda. Woo! Okay, maybe on my salary, maybe just popcorn, lol. I really did not see much negativity on it. Only the usual people who hate on anything, no matter, and not even tacos can change their sour mood. (laughs) So we're going to wrap up the show. Chris had to leave because he's a dad. And you can find Chris on Twitter at TokuChris, also at TokuNation.com, and catch the Talkin' Toku new episode coming up whenever. Lee, promote away your stuff. Well, uh, you can definitely catch me on Twitter at MonkeyRanger. I actually been too busy for any other ventures so 
the round tables are kind of, you know, how I dust off like the uh, Disney era monster suits. (laughs) 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 So whenever there's a round table, you'll probably see me here. Otherwise, I'll just be uh, posting away on Twitter. Nice. Matt, how about you? Yeah, uh, you can find me at the Real Matt Hunt on Twitter. Check my Twitter for any upcoming rumors on Sentai, Power Rangers, and occasionally I'll just be dry and sarcastic. So that's fun too. <laughs> Mir? You can find me at Nightmare10 on Twitter or also at the new Twitter for my blog, The Power Scoop, at The Power Scoop. Also, Matt, congrats on being a mod on Ranger Board. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, congrats. I, I saw Yay. that recently myself. Woo. Woo! I think I just got grandfathered in because I started going there when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brian? Uh, you can watch all my videos at YouTube at Shugo and Shinobi and of course every single social media network at the same name because I got one name and one name only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Steven? So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Steven Zarita and Facebook and YouTube at Hyperdrive Picks. And right now I'm doing a bunch of VFX on a cosplay video I shot back at Power Morphicon. It took me forever. It's taken me forever, but that's because I'm getting really into the tiny details of all these morphs. But if you're at Morphicon, you might have seen us filming outside or in the corner by a green screen. Some of the people on this podcast swung by (laughs) to do something on the green screen there. So hopefully that'll be out right around when the new movie shows up in theaters. So nice. Hopefully the timing works on that. That's what my big project is right now. Are you going to do a Snapchat trailer for the new trailer that dropped? I thought about it, but A, it was hard to find as many funny looks because the first trailer was so angsty. It's like, okay, I have to put the teardrop filter (laughs) on here. This one's so much action. But also, I want to kind of focus on the cosplay morphing video because I keep putting that off to do other things. And I've gotten a lot of work done on it since I made that the priority. Nice. I'm definitely looking forward to it. That should be really cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You know, you're definitely all invited back to the next uh, roundtable. I don't know how much more roundtable we can get out of this movie (laughs) until it actually shows up. So we may do something uh, for a special review of the movie the weekend after it comes out. So once again, thanks to all of you guys for being on the show today. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommanddx. You can also follow uh, rangercommandph. We're on Facebook and Instagram at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. Check us out there to leave amazingly long and insightful comments like all of our other Facebook followers did. And whenever we have a Ranger Nation Answers question. So thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you to all of my guest hosts today for being on the show. All right, guys. See ya. Okay. Thanks Yep, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, time for me to go be a daddy. Bye, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www. Dot rangercommand.com follow us on twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour this is truckyb47 from the ranger command power hour and you are listening to the four-eyed radio network ranger command is now on patreon become a patron by pledging as much 
or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks 